Welcome to Define You Radio, the place to be for real talk and real tips to help you define your personal and professional life. Class is in session with your host, the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin Wallace. Pens and papers ready. Class is now in session. Hello and welcome to Define You Radio classes in session. I am your host, the Southern Belle of Bold Valencia Griffin Wallace. Define You Radio is the place to get the life lessons, strategies, and more to help you define life on your own terms. Make sure you are subscribed and connected to all things Define You, including Define You Movement, where classes in session seven days a week. You can find out more at defineuradio.com. Now, you guys know this month, if you've joined us any in 2018, you know, last month we talked about vision. This month is all about purpose. And class is in session tonight with a new guest. And I'm so excited to welcome Miss Elisa Tyler to the show. She is a mother, grandmother, financial advisor, worshiper, life coach, and now a best-selling author. Her mission is to empower and push others into their divine divine purpose. Y'all work with me. (laughs) So with that being said, pens and papers up, class is now in session. Let's go ahead and welcome Miss Elisa to the show. Welcome, Miss Elisa. Thank you so much, Valencia, for having me on the show. Yay. Well, I am really excited to to talk with you. You have a fabulous book out. You are now a best-selling author. Congratulations. Thank you so um, much. So let's talk about your book. We could start there. Let's go ahead and talk about your book. What's the name of your book? My book is called FaceTime, My Encounter with Him. And tell us a little bit about it. And basically, um, that book, just to, to kind of re, um, kind of go back just a little, um, before I wrote this book, I never really considered myself to be an author. Um, I, what my book was actually birthed from a near-death experience in the tail end of 2015 all the way through the year 2016. And um, I almost um, lost my life four different times, stroke, lupus complications, kidney failure, congestive heart failure, multiple blood transfusions. And from that experience, um, when I was um, laying there on my deathbed, you know, I, I was a type of person, very, very busy person, busy with business, busy taking care of family, grandchildren, this, that. And I was so busy um, taking care of everything else but myself, and my body totally collapsed from mm. from just really just, you know, working ain't to faint, you know, and, and everything like that, and um, not always eating properly like I should, getting the proper rest, you know, working 12-hour days, things like that as financial advisor, and... Um, that took a toll on my health, which put me in the hospital. And while I was there, I, I um, felt compelled, you know, by God to write this book um, because after, you know, God saved my life, um, he let me understand 
that there's nothing more important. You know, we, we, we wake up in the morning, first thing we do, we tweet, Snapchat, check email, text, but there's nothing more important than first spending time with him and putting our face in the book. Um, doesn't have to be in the physical Bible. could be Bible app or what have mm-hmm. you. But that's, you know, how my book, um, you know, was birthed. And that title, FaceTime, you know, the Lord gave me that because he told me, um, I thought I was going to write a book about, okay, how the Lord healed my body and he saved my life, but he told me, no, I need you to call it FaceTime because I need you to really remind people of the importance of, you know, spending FaceTime with me, and I need you to share with them the encounter that we had. Mm. I I love that. I love the title. That's number one. And I'm glad that you, it's something you mentioned about, you know, your near-death experience basically from not taking care of yourself. And as women, there's always something to do. There's always somebody to take care of. There's always something else except us. And I'm glad you're here. So let me say yeah. let me say that and let other women and men um really understand that we have to take care of our bodies. We need that time to breathe and 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 take and take care of us. That's really, you know, really important, especially I know like in, in not in high school, but not that long ago, maybe about ten years ago, give or take, one of my high school mates died from a stroke and she left four kids behind and it was just not taking care of her herself a a lifetime of not taking care of herself and her kids were left without a mother and a lot of times we don't realize how serious it is until we're in the hospital hooked up in an IV or something of that nature so thank you so much for for sharing that and we don't never think we're we're authors. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I act. Yeah, yeah, I actually was. Um, when I say didn't really think, like I was I'm not a person that like just. Some people grow up and say, "Oh, I'm going to be a writer," and they know that you know from the time you know it's just their passion. For me, it was experiences of life that pushed me to become an author. Um, it was things I experienced, um, you know, when um, I was married, you know, experienced a divorce, you know, bankruptcy, different things like that. Um, that that actually birthed another book that I actually was working on before this came out. I was working on a book about relationships, and that mm. got put on the back burner when I got sick. And I just felt compelled by God that I needed to come out with this book first. I I love I love that. I'm one of those people who like I knew I was going to be a writer. Mhm. From from a little girl cuz writing was my was my escape. And I was like I'm going to be the black female version of Stephen King of all people. What little girl says that? But that was me. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> just because I, I for some reason that was that's who I knew. That's the books that I loved as a little girl, and then life happened, and my message got taken away from me because I was told, you're, you're, ne- you're never going to make money being a writer. 
and a lot of times we 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 stop living our purpose, our divine purpose, mm-hmm. because we let the messages of the world seep into us. And I love that you empower and push others to their divine purpose. Do you find that a lot of times people's purpose kind of goes back to their childhood as far as, like, what they wanted to be when they grew up and then the world got in the way? I would, I would say sometimes it, sometime it does. Like, um, for me, it kind of goes back to, um, like, at 19, life happened. I became a single mom. And mm-hmm. after becoming a single mom, it immediately pushed me into survivor mode. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, it caused me to be that single mom. I, I had to, you know, work, go to school, did everything I needed to do, you know, to take care, to provide, you know, for me and my daughter. And mm-hmm. so my focus is, like, I, I wanted to be a lawyer, actually, and everything, because I'm a big talker. I feel like, hey, I can debate and this, this, and that, and I can have this person talk. You know, this, that was just my mentality. And, um, and it's just being pushed into survivor mode just kind of shifted um, some of the things that I wanted to do because then it all came about, you know what, I have to do everything that I need to do, you know, because I want to provide a better life for my child and things like that. So I went into that mode, you know. Then, then there was a mode where Prince Charming came along and, um, you know, and I'm sure people listening, you know, can relate to meeting that man that sweeps you off your feet, mm-hmm. you know, wines and dines you, you know, um, handsome, six foot this, whatever, you know, six figure income or whatever. And that Prince Charming came along and, you know, and immediately I felt like, okay, now I can submit to, you know, the business of being a wife and I don't, you know, have to, 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 um, to grind as hard because I was just like into hustle mode, you know, did what I needed to do, you know, but then when that, um, you know, marriage fell apart, you know, realizing that um, we were going in two different directions, you know, an unequal yoke type of situation, um, that's, you know, that's, I would say, was kind of like the turning point that then shifted me back because it's like I had forgot who I was. It's like I went Mm. from mother and everything dealing with survivor mode into being a mom then I went into wife mode. Okay, let's do everything you need to be to, to be a wife. And like we, you talked about earlier, I, I got lost, you know, in, 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 in the midst of that and, you know, and just kind of, you know, lost my identity. I know I, I definitely can relate to, to that because that's kind of the order my life went. It's like mother, then wife, and, you know, being a young mom, because I got pregnant at 19 also and had my son um, literally a month after I turned 20. So it's like you're, you're going directly from being a teenager, which is a whole aspect of life in itself, to being a mother. Okay, so it's learning how to take care of somebody else again and then to being a wife. And we, we never really – get a chance to get to know who we are because we're always in these roles because we, we get caught up in being something to everybody else. We don't realize that we part of learning who we are is that time that we spend alone with God. Yeah, because it was, it was, it was when I, you know, began to, um, you know, as I laid there in the bed, couldn't hardly move, couldn't hardly breathe, shortness of breath, 
that God came to me and, and really let me, you know, understand that, you know, he, he wanted some time with me. So he could really, and it was time to show me who I am and what I was supposed to do. And it's amazing, like, you know, you know that it had to take, you know, such a dramatic, you know, life-changing, near-death experience, you know, to, to push me into my purpose, which was my original purpose, because it's like, I was always classified, even as a young child. So I guess, you know, you have this thing about your question, and I guess it does go back to a child, because, like, I was always referred to by my family as motor mouth. They're like, at least the motor mouth. <laughs> you know, he's always talking something to say or this or that. And it's amazing, because, see, the very gift that God gave me as a child, as motor mouth, is the same gift that he always wanted to use to glorify him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so, so now I see, you know, because now I'm able to use this same mouth, you know, to, you know, to encourage, to, you know, to motivate others, to let people understand that as long as you have breath in your body, you still have a chance. And, 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 the, and the key is recognizing who you are. Don't allow anybody or anything to, to steal your identity, because that's what happens. We, we just sometimes forget who we are, and then we become something, and we start to act out of character and do things that we normally wouldn't do if we were in our right minds. Yeah, and it's just the fact that that, you know, those are some of the things, you know, that, um, you know, that, that happened to me that I discuss in my book. I just think about even some, some of my quotes. I even challenge people, you know, I tell people, hey, you know, is your boo, or your spouse more exclusive than God, mm. you know, because, because a lot of times, you know, we, we get so caught, well, that's my boo, that's my, you know, this or that, and, we, you know, we're just so caught up and everything like that. And, you know, and I tell people, you know, we, t- we think about love languages, you know, Stephen Chapman's book, you know, the love language, Gary Chapman's, you know, but I tell people, you know, the only way to learn God's love language for you is by spending intimate face time with him. People just don't understand that. So many times we have um, inter, you know, uh, we have interruptions of things that come into our life, and interruptions come when we allow life to interfere and switch our channels from God. I'm glad that you you said that because a friend a friend of mine and I were having this conversation earlier today, and I was telling her, you know, last year was a, a difficult year for me because I I was so caught up with everything else, and I felt overwhelmed, and I was on autopilot, and my autopilot included me getting up in the mornings and quickly skimming over my devotional for the day, but not absorbing, not spending time. It's like it's the difference between, um, you know, somebody talking at you and somebody talking to you. It's a, so I wasn't getting what, what I needed because I was too busy doing everything else. But then after that season with my grandmother, I got into this lonely space. Like I I needed, I felt weak, right? And I needed God more than ever. And I realized that I had to slow down and have some real real talk, some real conversations, some some real, Lord, I'm done. There's nothing of me left. I have nothing left. And that's when I was able to slow down to not just skim over my devotional, but see what he was saying to me through that and and research and and learn more. And it was 
it, it was it was crazy because I thought that I was done with having seasons like that where you get so busy and wrapped up and then you go through this loneliness, I guess would be the best way to say it. Um, but I think if, when we get caught up like that, when we get away from God, we don't feel it till we're away from him, I guess, if that makes sense. Right, right. Right, and, and and it's really just as simple. Sometimes people make it a rocket science, but it's just as simple as since everybody, they're on their cell phones anyway, it's as yeah. simple as, you know, picking up your cell phone before you do the texting, the Facebook, all this stuff like that. And, I mean, going right to the Bible app, you know, each, you know, the Bible app, it has a daily, you know, verse for the day, going right mm-hmm. to that. And then even outside of that, just walk around the kitchen. You could be washing the dishes. You could be you you could be just sitting on the couch and talk to God. Like relationship with God is so different than what people think, and I think that's why a lot of people sometimes they, they um and some people you know a lot of people are, don't even go to church anymore because people mm-hmm. think well I have to do this I have to do that to be in this auxiliary that I have to do this and this and that and it's not about that it's about relationship and we and when we have true relationship with Him it, it's just like it's like father to child. We can we can call, we can call and just talk to him. Just like I, a kid love, goes outside to play with you know with their parents. Yeah, and and I'm gonna tell you honestly, and the more I I do the show and and talk to people and different things, I understand that that is the difference having a relationship with with God. Right, versus, it's not about religiosity; it's about right. relationship. Mm-hmm. Because a, a lot of people do try to, at least, you know, I grew up Southern. Mm-hmm. And so there's a certain formality mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, Sunday school and church and this, this, and this. But as a child, you know, I'm getting mixed messages because, you know, in the parking lot, y'all talking about people in the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... As it, I think as as you grow and you or you're fornicating in the back seat of the car after church. Oh my gosh, it, it's so much, <laughs> <laughs> so much. You know, I mean, so, so, I mean, but, you, but, but you're right. It it, just, it goes back to just religion versus relationship, and I think that you know that is like you said that is a distinction, and that's why um, most people they don't like relig- They're not into religion, but they do want. Everybody wants that intimate personal relationship some just don't know how to tap in mm. you know and, and 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 that's why it's important i tell you all the time you know we have to stay connected to the network of resources god has provided for us so we won't go offline and get out of his will mm. you know it's, you know it's just like i mean you think about it, it's just like you charge your ipads and cell phones daily you got to make sure your lives remain at full capacity through spending face time with god Mm-hmm. Because so I, I could tell you, um, and if if you get into doing that, I could tell you the, if a day comes that I'm too busy to take that, that morning time that I need to, I feel it all day. Yeah, it, it, it throws tone. off my whole day. It sets the tone where we don't start with him. You know, the, um, you know it just it sets that tone. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. I I love I love 
I love that you put it that way. So let's talk about some of the chapters or some of the things that you discuss in in this book. Yeah, one, yeah. Some of the other things, like it's like chapter one, is um, really the heart of um, FaceTime and and just the fact that how you know we live in a society and you think about it, it's vastly drifting in technology and um, it's being replaced with gadgets, television. You know, people going online, social media platforms. And, um, you know, so I kind of, you know, just detail in there just the importance of what we just talked about of spending face time with God as well as, um, you know, I actually become very transparent and talk about um, my issues with one of my chapters is called self-esteem attacks. You know, one is destiny attacks. One is identity, you know, I talk about my, you know, identity stuff. So I could cover a lot, you know, the book is about, you know, on FaceTime, but also it's covering, you know, some of my own life experiences, which even push me back to even let me understand that I have to um, return back to my first love. Mm. What is an example of a self-esteem attack? Well, pretty much like when you think about like a self-esteem attack, I mean, just when you even think about, in our society, I mean, you see it all the time. Um, like, you know, we live in a world where people, they're so pressured to be perfect, look perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, that you know that's why we, we see them, you know, trying to Photoshop this, crop that. They're getting surgeries and stuff like that to try to change that. You know, and if we're not careful, we find ourselves comparing ourselves to other people. You know, that can cause self-esteem attacks. Mm. You know, and, you and- know, it's... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, and that's what, you know, so that's, you know, it's like, um, and I always tell people, you know, don't get me wrong, you know what I'm saying? You know, you, you want to, you know, you want to, you know, keep your hair slayed and all that kind of stuff, keep your body in shape, but we must not allow the, the world's definition of beauty, you know, to define us and everything like that. Because, like, you know, our society, you know, self-esteem is, you know, it's confidence in one's own worth or abilities. That's, you know, the dictionary definition of just self-esteem in itself. You know, but we just, we can't allow that to just totally, def- you know, define us. Like my mom would always tell me beauty is only skin deep. Because mm. everybody at some point, there's going to be no facelift, you know, or makeovers right. that's going to even matter, you know, and things like and that. And that's, that's, that's true. I don't know if um, men do it as much as women, but if you look at society's message, you know, it's all about, like you said, we're, we're photoshopping and we're wanting to crop this and we, we beat ourselves down for being human because of the images we see. Not even though it's like even though you know it's a photoshopped image or they did some mm-hmm. editing or it's a filter or whatever else, if you're, if you, if you're not paying attention to the right things, the wrong things are always going to stand out. And then you're going to end up comparing yourself. Well, why my skin isn't that clear or why I don't look like this or, ooh, their life looks really happy. <laughs> exactly. You know. Exactly. People, they focus. Uh, and, and it causes people then they focus on their faults, you know, and their weaknesses so much and they wonder why, you know, they're not happy. But it's because they generally, you know, they have an inner war going on within themselves. Mm-hmm. 
That you is one hundred percent true. And we have to realize that we're not a finished product yet. Mm-hmm. We have to cut ourselves some slack, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. So I love that you talk about that. Now, what's destiny attacks? What is and that about? Yeah, and see, destiny attacks. Like I said in that chapter, you know, basically, I'm I'm, I'm covering in that just, you know, when you you know, failing to understand, you know, your purpose, you know, can cause you to take many unnecessary detours. Mm. You know, you know, when you don't know what your purpose is, you know, it can definitely, you know, cause an attack on your, you know, on your destiny. You know, because um, I, always, uh, I always ask the question, you know, has your entire world ever felt under attack? You know, and things like that, you know, and everything like that. And, um Sometimes just, you know, what you, um, just just the things that you, um, you know, when you don't understand your purpose, it can cause you to have, um, you know, just attacks where you can forget, you know, the greatness, you know, that's inside of you. And and, and, I, and, and just something that I even talk about in my book is how, you know, it's like when, when God has invested greatness inside of you, you know, expect the enemy to conflict, a gar- uh, expect the enemy to cause a conflict in your garden. It's like when you look at Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they had been given access to so much, and then came the enemy to distract and tempt them to try to abort their destiny. And the enemy, you know, he only attacks people approaching their season. It's like a pregnant woman, you know, the closer she gets to giving birth, the more intense the contractions become. You know, and the doctors, they sit back and watch to see how many centimeters and all that, but as them know she's almost right at the verge of birthing something. Mm. It's the same and that's for when us. a lot of people give up. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people can't handle um, the attacks, and and I'm just going to be honest. You know, even in my journey on my way to giving birth <laughs> to anything, there has always been um, those attacks. To and it's. And a lot of people give up. A lot of people can't handle it. Because uh, honestly, I don't know if some of the things that I dealt with on my way, and I and I feel like I'm still on my way, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a lot. And a lot of people will ask, well, how do you deal with this? How do you deal with that? Sometimes you just have to rest, pray, and then rest in God, which is something so hard to do, especially if you don't know what that really means. Exactly. Exactly, and a lot of times it's um, things that have affected our destiny or, you know, sometimes it's personal bad decisions. Sometimes it's distractions from relationships. Sometimes, I mean, I was dating the wrong person, you know. So it, it's, it's a lot of different distractions and things can, that can, um, you know, affect our destiny, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, cause it to be, you know, under attack. Mm. So... So what have you learned in in life that if someone, you know, listening to this conversation slash interview, what have you learned that you feel like somebody else needs to hear? If they don't get anything else from this conversation, what is the one thing you have learned that you would like to share with the audience? The one big thing that I've learned is the importance 
of balance. You know, we all want success. We all want the money. You know, we all want to climb this corporate ladder. We want this nice lifestyle, perfect family, this, that. But we have to, I mean, it, it, it's so important, balance. And the only way to have true balance is balance between what you're doing and your relationship with God. I mean, I, I mean, I, I just had to just realize, I mean, because sometimes, I mean, like you talked about getting overwhelmed. I mean, just even in building my financial service, you know, um, business and different other network marketing companies and things I've done, I mean, you can just get really, really caught up and just have yourself all over the place. And um, it's very important to have balance to know when to stop, like you talked about, to know when to rest, to know when you need to exercise. Um, so, I mean, the, the big thing that I learned is balance because I was not balancing that, you know, busy businesswoman, and that's why those different things happened to me. And, and, and also in terms of just balance into who do we let into our life? Who do we allow to come into our space? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, the, you know the, the, there has to be balance. Some people that we have allowed into our space, they shouldn't even have even been allowed to even enter the space that we're in. So now we're dealing with destiny attacks because you have unlike-minded people around you. So that, that's another thing I would share is it's very important to understand that your connection affects your direction. And it's very important to understand that, you know, who and what you're connected to can, can affect every aspect of your life. And I, definitely I your purpose. I love that quote, that quote, what you just said about your connection. Affects your direction. Your, yes, I, mm-hmm. I love that. And we don't realize it a lot of times until after the fact. So what would you say to, because I know you said you got pregnant at, at 19. Were you 19 when you became a mom or were you 20? I was 19, I was 19 when I became a mom. So basically I was pregnant actually at 18. Pregnant at eighteen and was you know became a single mom at nineteen. Mm-hmm. What what was that like for you? And what advice if you could go back and tell yourself something? What what would it be? Well, first answer. What was it like being you know being a, a young mother for you? It was it was very rough because it happened to me my first year of college, first semester at that. I went away to college. I was a person raised in, this, raised in a very strict um, Christian home. So in my mind, I was like, oh, finally free from this. And I used to say I'm never going to church when I get older. Mm. And, um, you know, I found myself away at college, staying on campus. And, um, you know, I just you know, was doing my own thing and pregnant my first semester, had to come back home. You know, my, 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 my dad was a Sunday school superintendent, my mom very involved in church. So back in the 80s, um, whereas now seeing someone pregnant is not considered as, as a big deal, but back then it was right. like, oh, my God, the superintendent's daughter, Superintendent <laughs> Riley's daughter, she's pregnant. You know, so, you know, that was a whole other thing. That was another, like, a self, you know, a self-esteem and something that affected my self-esteem. You know, and things like that. So, you know, it was, it, I mean, it, it wasn't easy um, because um, my daughter's father was not supportive. So that 
then left me back into, you know, survivor mode and everything like that. So, you know, the the lesson that I would, you know, learned from that, um, because my parents gave me an ultimatum before I went to school. They said, do you want to get married to your boyfriend or do you want to go to college? We'll pay for a wedding or college. And, I, and of course, you know what I said, college. You know, right. So, <laughs> you know, of course. And so, you know, the lesson learned is just really, you know, um, I, like I said, you know, in, in my mind I wanted to live life and do my own thing. And and and, and the, just the thing to understand that like our our parents we may not understand it when they're trying to tell us, and um, you know we may not want to listen, but there's wisdom in counsel. Mm. And um, you know and and if I and if I had you know listened, you know like I said, but I mean I was just you know caught up in, you know I wanted to do my own thing. I I felt I had never lived. I felt my life had just been so strict. And so this was my time to do me, you know, but wow. it you know, but it caused me then to have to, you know, be a single mom, had to get government assistance for a while, food stamps, the whole nine. And it's like the way I was raised, it was like, oh, no, I don't want people to see me in that government line. So, I mean, it was a whole, it really uh, knocked me into uh, learning how to be humble, focus on your, on, your, on your goals and God, you know, um, mm. first priority. That's a hashtag, goals and God. Right. So, <laughs> Miss Alisa, what do you have coming up next, and how can the audience get in touch with you and definitely get the book? I am a singer, and so this hmm. year I will be releasing um, my first single. Yay, congratulations. Thank you. That actually, because that's, that's my deep passion. Um, that, that's the worshiper of me. I'm the busy businesswoman worshiper. And, and so that, that, that is an upcoming project. And I also do have an upcoming women's retreat that I will be speaking at um, on March the 3rd at um, Quail Hollow Resort. And you can actually stay in contact with me. Um, you can visit um, www.alisa, that's spelled A-L-I-S-A-T-Y-L-E-R.com, alisatyler.com. And my social media handles are author Alisa Tyler on Instagram and Alisa Tyler on Facebook. I <laughs> love that. I've always wanted to be a singer, but I don't have, I could sing, I can't sing. It's a difference. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but thank you so much, Miss Elisa, for being on the show, and welcome to the Define You Radio family. We are glad to have you. Kings and queens, make sure you connect with our guests at www.elisa. Tyler.com. It will be posted everywhere the show is posted. So you guys will have access to her information. Make sure you connect with her. When the single drops, everybody in the audience should be able to get it. And the book, FaceTime. Pens and papers down. Class is officially over. Until next time, remember your past doesn't define you. It gives you definition, and it's up to you what you do with that. Y'all have a great night. Thanks for listening to Define You Radio. 
make sure you connect with the show at www.defineuradio.com. Pens and papers down. Class dismissed.